You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi everybody, Russ from Miami's 11. Hope you're all safe and well and you've all recovered from the disappointment of Sunday. Um, if you're new to the channel, please consider... We're still the top team in London. We are, we are. Okay. Um, if you're new to the channel, please long. consider subscribing and um, hitting the bell icon to make any time you put your content on. As always, I'd like to thank our channel sponsors, Untuck It. Check them out in the description below. Today's guest, he's uh, he's doing all right. He's, he's, uh, his podcast, his mid-table and up podcast, is it's getting there, isn't it? It's getting there, George, isn't it? in there mate like you know what yeah we're getting there with the content side of things now i think it's just you know we want to just maybe branch out a little bit try and try and get some listeners and that but no the content i really quite like what we're doing because uh you know it's just 10 we normally just list the top 10 topic whether it's greatest premier league players of all time or um the, the one that's come out today actually is our top 10 games we've seen live so you know like i went to the 2006 fa cup final was there at wembley when we got promoted and the last game of upton park so yeah i did have some crackers to talk about on yeah. our most recent episode of the podcast for sure yeah it's a, I, I think it's a great concept i think i think it's good that as i said to you before you know when we talked beforehand about the whole sort of top 10 yeah it's lists people love lists don't they? yeah they do they do and i couldn't really think because i mean we mainly did it because the, the pubs were closing down yeah and we'd kind of talked about it a little bit so we sat down in november right before the pubs closed down and said let's take this seriously and actually try you know to make something of it really and there's uh, there's so many football podcasts out there it is a bit of a there's it's a real saturated kind of market but i couldn't really think of any mainstream ones that really sort of had the idea of doing lists or at least the top 10 that kind of thing so yeah we just we just kind of sort of ran with that concept and just trying to you know as i said get listeners uh you know i do like our discussions and it's good because more often than not we don't always agree with each other yeah uh, which just it just helps them because it's a bit at least then there's an element of debate and sometimes it can get a little bit heated as well if we really don't agree with each other so it just it just makes a better content really 
it does and and it, and it gives us you an, and in a day george i mean i've learned this as well it just gives you an excuse to get <laughs> to, to get out <laughs> but oh. you know, so for me it's like every hour every night at Definitely. nine o'clock you know we come i can come into my garage and talk about west ham with someone and it's just brilliant and it's like i don't have to watch married at first sight australia or anything oh, like that. Um, that. oh yeah so it's uh you know it was method in my madness at the time uh whenever it was nine months ago or something oh definitely yeah. mate i think uh, we'd all gone mad watching married at first sight in lockdown with bugger all else to do i can't i can't believe there's so many series of it that's the thing oh, I, I just so... i looked up and i went is this uh, where's this couple i should know it's a new series they made another one. Yeah, but the thing is, as well, because I'm I'm sure they'd all end in divorce, wouldn't they? You, you'd think so. Like, they, they, and they'll be like, "Oh, I just don't really get on with him." I'm like, "Well, of course you don't. You don't know the bastards that you yeah, met." Yeah, exactly. It's not surprising. They've just been thrown together for the purpose of a TV yeah. show and put in full situation. Anyway, anyway, we digress as we always do on this channel. <laughs> um, how are you, George? How have you been, man? Yeah, man, I'm okay. Um, I'm all right, really. I'm, I'm glad I've got the podcast. Uh, I'm glad I've got, you know, my family and my girlfriend to keep me occupied because especially this winter uh, lockdown, the summer one was kind of okay because... The summer one was a piece of piss. Yeah, exactly. Because... In retrospect to now. Yeah, oh, completely. Especially once you get past Christmas as well. It, it can, you know, even without lockdown... The weather can be a bit naff, and you, and yeah. people aren't going out as much anyway. But when when it's just work, and then back home to just sit on your sofa, and again, like try to avoid those cr- crappy TV programs, it is it everything just becomes a little bit a uh, bit repetitive. And as I yeah. said, it's yeah, kind yeah. of. I'm glad that I've got my podcast to do. I'm glad that you know I can still like I live with my family and things. So I'm glad I've still got that going on and uh, my girlfriend and everything like that. That's fine. And also, again, up until the weekend, West Ham six wins on the bounce. That always makes it more helpful. Where West Ham are doing well. Yeah, I mean, could you imagine? Like, I mean, imagine if you know West Ham were, were doing shit and you know we had all this <laughs> handle. With, it's the one thing we haven't had to worry about for a while, and we oh, still don't. We still don't have to worry, but you know, it's like no. looking back at it. Yes, you know, in in you know, with a, a clear head, you know, we lost to a better team. Yeah, no, we did, and it, it's one of them things where Liverpool, even it was probably the best time to play Liverpool for a little while. I know they'd got that yeah. really good win over Spurs, but they are still a really good team. I would have liked to have seen us maybe you know go for it a little bit more in that first mm-hmm. half, but it is what it is you know had we you know had we gone for it we could have still maybe lost the game anyway because they're the champions for a reason uh it would have just been nice to maybe have seen us get on the front foot a little bit more uh put you know try and take the game to them a little bit because you know no no van dyke obviously no mane that you know they missed some big players but it is what it is and you know as long as we keep beating the teams that we feel like we should be beating, then we'll still have, you know, the season should go on to be a really good one. It's our most encouraging one since the, the last season at Upton Park. So, yeah, yeah long long may that continue, I mean, I th- really. I think, actually, to be perfectly honest, I think this, this surpasses that season in that it's not all about one person. Uh, yeah, you know I, what I, I mean? agree. You know what I mean, it's like it's a Completely. real team. It's a real team, and that's what I love about it. It's And, and it's... 
I think I think this team would 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 smash that team. <laughs> I know, I agree, I agree. You know I mean? it's like, yeah, as long as, as, get, as long as we stick two men on Pyre, um, we'd be fine. I, but don't take free kicks, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Don't give away any any free kicks near the box. But yeah, no, I agree. I think the team spirit and the team camaraderie. I think the way they're drilled. I do think it's a superior team to the one that we had in that last year at Harps yeah. Park for certain. And it's just, it's really great to see because since the move, we've really been missing that. We've looked a bit, you know, disjointed for a lot of the time and mm. we've, we've never really strung together some proper form over a consistent period. Whereas, you know, these first 21 games of the Premier League, I think it's by far exceeded anyone's expectations if you go as far back to the newcastle game mm -hmm. if you'd have said to west ham fans oh in 20 games time you're going to be sitting in fifth i don't think any of us would have believed you at that point so yeah long long may that continue and, and fair play to Moyes. he's proved myself wrong and i think he's proved a lot of the fan base wrong as well he's doing a cracking job and a long way that continue yeah yeah i totally agree i totally agree with everything i think he's doing a, a cracking job and i think it's it's one of those things where yeah you're right if someone said to you even before the Newcastle game yeah when the fixtures came out you go right okay so all right <laughs> you're, you're gonna be fifth by the time by the end of January you'll be the and you'll be the top team in London uh, okay I'll take that you know yeah. why not you know why not no, exactly and what are we on now like thirty five points something like yeah. that yeah. we're only four off of last season's total and we've still got another seventeen games to go that's great crazy yeah, yeah. yeah so great chat. yeah you know the the you know, there's so much credit needs to go to the team and to the, the coaching staff as well as the manager. Uh, you know, like Suchek and Rice have been incredible oh, in that yeah. in that midfield role. Like, I don't really think there's a better centre midfield pairing in the league at the minute. They've just been unbelievable. No. Yeah. He's on seven Premier League goals from defensive midfield, and we're we're only 21 games into the season. It's it's crazy. And you know, just Antonio's been when he's not been injured, he's been on fire. Um, so yeah it's just been and we've been solid as well it's the first time in yonks i can remember us being solid because even that last year upton park we were we were really good going forward and we were really good to watch but you knew yeah. that we would leak goals quite often so it's been craig dawson's come in and wow wow yeah. what a signing he's been so again far. i think i think there's a couple of people who we've I think the, the the fan base have had to eat humble pie over. Oh, but, completely. I don't care. That's the that's the me, sweetest, oh, me too. That's the sweetest pie is the humble pie. Oh, completely. And you so, know what? If I say something negative about one of our players or about the manager, I want to be proved wrong. I don't yeah. want to be sitting there going, look, look at me. I was right for saying that because then you just look like a knob. But also the team isn't benefiting from that. I'd much rather sit there and go, oh, why did we buy Dawson? What do mm. we need him for? And then get to the point that Dawson is now where it's been a rock for us since he's come in. And again, I'm just sat here going, you know what, give me that humble part. I'm going to eat that right up and say, yeah. sorry, Dawson, I've got it wrong. You've been brilliant, mate. And, and that, again, same with the manager, the coaching staff, the team, again, thinking that we were going to probably be in a relegation battle after that yeah, Newcastle right. game to be where we are now. I just take me half to them and say, yeah. fair play. You've proved myself and loads of the fans, wrong and that and that's all you can really ask for to be honest definitely definitely and i mean you know it's uh, and and we still haven't had still had a penalty this season that's mental i can't uh, believe that or, or a red card <laughs> yeah that's a bit of a funny which, one which is a funny one as well um the only thing that i looked at the other day when i was looking at the stats because like you know i like to look at stats you know sometimes is i think we've had seven 
clean sheets out of the 21 games and we've still conceded 27 goals so it's like <laughs> when we do lose when we do let a goal in we let a few in you know what i mean so yeah. when we, do lose, we do lose quite heavily or three or four you know so we do get a fair whack it's, but uh, it's been it's been such a weird season though hasn't yeah. it uh i mean because looking you know like the, we were three nil down to spurs and that was brilliant that was absolutely brilliant that yeah. that comeback was fantastic you take that all day but then you look at say that the Chelsea game we lost 3 0. That was never a 3 0 game. No, that was no. never a 3 0 game. Um, and yeah, again, the Liverpool game, first half, as I said, you know, I'd like to, I'd have liked to see us get on the front foot a bit more. But the mm. first half, they didn't really offer anything going forward either. Mm. And, you know, in the second half, it was just Salah's a world class player. He does what yeah. he does what world class players do. You can't really you can't really do much about it. The ball into him for the second goal, the touch, the finish. It's when you take you out and go fair play. That's just a great piece of skill. It was, yeah. So yeah, but it's it's a bit of a it's a bit of a weird one. But a, again, you know, we we for the most part we have looked solid and we've managed to grind out a lot of wins that I think in previous seasons we really wouldn't have got. And Definitely. Yeah, I think I think it shows, you know, like the Sheffield United was a tough game. Fulham, yeah. Villa, again, I know we got a little bit of luck against Villa, but I feel like we're owed a bit of luck considering we've not had a penalty this season. Yeah. And uh, they're only in the league because of a VAR, or sorry, goal line technology not working last season. So, exactly. yeah, it's, it's, it's one of them things. But, yeah, overall, uh, you know, as long as we just keep going in this same pattern, it should be a really, really positive season and a lot better season than we all thought we were going to see. Yeah, no, totally. I think also, I think what's the thing because I, I always, I always look at because obviously I love I love West Ham clips and the alternative commentary that he does. Oh yeah, and, and I know, <laughs> uh, yeah, he's brilliant. I love clip. We've had him on the channel. He's brilliant. He's so oh, funny. great. He did like his own eleven. Like he did a clips eleven, and he, <laughs> he did it as a sound file. He did it as, as like an interview. It's very funny. I'm, I'm very proud of that. Anyway, um, and I did a quiz once the other day, and I found out that in the Premier League, I think we hit. I think we hit the, the crossbar in something like twenty percent of our games, or something Jesus. like that, on average. This is throughout our whole Premier League history, Fucking and I think hell. this season, I think we've hit, hit the crossbar thir- or hit the woodwork thirteen times. I was going to say, in aren't twen- we in twenty-one games? I was going to say, aren't we top of the statistics for hitting the woodwork Must this be. season? Uh, that's, Must be. that's ridiculous because yeah, the Man United game, I think we hit the post a couple and the, yeah. the woodwork a couple of times, and again. Uh, we lost that game. What was it? Three one in the end, wasn't it? But that's, it was, you know, that's, that game's different because obviously we, you, you these three ones Liverpool, and I thought, well, to be honest, Liverpool pretty much bossed that game. To be honest, mm. they were like, oh, they, you know, Klopp did a he he, he moised us. You know, he did, he knew exactly what to do, and he tactically yeah. was was better. But that Man United game, you know, that that was that hurt more because no, that's the game we should have well, we we sh- won that game. We should have been outside at half time yeah, in that game. Definitely. And then, you know, I know we switched off a little bit for a, for a little five, ten minute spell. But their first goal, the ball was out of play. Yeah. And had that first goal not go in, you you know, you don't know where the game might end up. So, yeah, that, that one was a much more of a bit of pill to swallow, really. But, um, but yeah, again, it's Man United, so you can't really expect anything. You know that, it, that had that been the other way around, that have been VAR would have been looking at that for ten minutes trying to oh, run yeah. that out. Over so. and over. Yeah, trying to find a way to, to award it. But, yeah. As long as we don't, as long as we don't lose to them next Wednesday, I'm all right next Tuesday. Okay? Uh, yeah, yeah, that's, no. it, it? that's that's the game, isn't it? That's that the is game. The game. That really is the game. We, we need we need to get a bit of revenge for that 2016 season uh, for sure because we shouldn't we shouldn't have lost that cup tie. No, 
that, that, that was a foul on Darren Randolph at Old Trafford after Payet scored that great free kick. So, yeah, hopefully a little bit of revenge. But saying that, though, looking at them, they've been really poor at Old Trafford this season. They've not really played that well there. So, And it makes no sense. Logically, it makes no sense now. Home on away, you should have almost identical. Yeah. Because you know, it's like there's no fans. It's like, it's no. like you know, you're not doing nothing different. You know, yeah. Just... I, I mean, I suppose you're going to be a little bit more familiar with, you know, like the pitch and the Possibly, stuff like yeah. that. But yeah. as you said, it's not that the fans is really the key thing in where, you know, in where they've been missed during this pandemic. So, yeah, it's a little bit weird that they've been so much better away from home mm. than they have been at home. But saying that, though, most of their wins away have also been games that they've conceded in and then they've had a better second half. Um, but but yeah, if we can if we can just get if we can just get get through that Man United game, you know, see how we get after that. We could, you know we've got. I think we should really be prioritising the FA Cup this year. Mm. Oh, definitely, most definitely. It'd be interesting to see whether they whether they sort of make Lingard train on his own next week. Um, this <laughs> <laughs> agent Lingard could be could be a mole for for them as well. You know, who knows, who knows? You know, what formation you play and, and vice versa. So it's, it's a bit of a weird position, one, but. Uh, no, and hopefully, hopefully, we'll be in the squad for the Villa game. Yeah, um, yeah. Hopefully, I, I don't know if I'd throw him straight in because I can't even no. remember the last time he played football, to be honest. And no. you know, I, I feel like maybe four hours is a little bit underrated, and that he, he can improve on his final ball and his finishing. But he puts in a graft. He puts in a graft yeah, every game, and he's he's a nice, he's a tidy little player. If he could just if he could just sort his final ball out, he'd be a right little. Uh, and his final shot, I feel like he'd be a right little gem. But other than that, he grafts with the team, and he and he can pick a nice little pass. So yeah, I think he's a I think he's a, a good little player for now. Yeah, no, you're right, and it's I think he's he epitomises this new team in that mm. I think I think Moyes is is more ha- is happier to get someone maybe of slight no disrespect to Fornals, but slightly slightly less quality mm. for the right attitude and he has he does have the right attitude and i think that's what we appreciate as as fans is having that attitude having that workman like put, putting it a shift in i mean the last couple of games i think it's probably the best he's played for us really in terms yeah. of in terms of you know mm. the, the whole package um well, that, that little ball we played against palace for antonio to get on yeah. and that Click for Suchek. It was, uh, it was, it was a lovely little ball and a lovely move. And and yeah, he he has got that in his locker. But as you said, it's the attitude and it's the work ethic that's keeping mm. him there. Because again, we all uh, we know that Lanzini's not been the same since he had that bad injury. But Lanzini on his day is as classy as anyone in the Premier League. But the, you know, credit to for now is there's a reason why he's keeping him out the team right now, and it's yeah, because he, he he will run through brick walls for the team, and and that really epitomises this current David Moyes team. And that's the thing I think is is there is what what I like about this team is like the amount of time. So I'm thinking like the Leeds game. I'm thinking the Crystal Palace game. You know the other team concede early on. You're thinking, huh? I'm thinking, mm. huh? you know, as you said, like a West Ham team of old concede early, we lose three uh, nil. Mm. You know, or even like things like that Brighton game where it was two all. We'd have we'd have lost that game before. Yeah, we'd have lost, we'd lost a Stockport. We would have, you know, we, there's these games where West Ham of old wouldn't have done. Yeah. That. We just seem to have this extra resilience, which I love. There's always a goal in us. That's what I like now. There's mm. always a goal somehow, even when you're three 0 down against the Premier League champions. Craig Dawson will come in for a, you know, near part, you know, sort of a, a tap in. But there'll always be a goal. We very rarely don't score. No, um, I agree. And uh, there's there's lots of goals all across the team. Really, you yes. think. 
you know, Antonio's always been full of goals, even when he's been playing at right back and things like that. He's still he was still scoring. But then outside of that, you know, Bowen can pop up with a goal. Suchek can obviously pop up with a goal, and and Ogbonna and Dawson are threats from set pieces, and and you know Cresswell can whip a ball in, and he's a good free kick taker. So we have got lots of goals in the team, and and as you said, like that that game against Palace, you know, Zaha, it, it, even his first goal that he scored, he was outside the box. So even then, you kind of think there wasn't really much we could have done with that. You know, no. we just hit a great strike from outside yeah. the box. It's gone bottom corner. It happens, and again, I feel like maybe the West Ham team of a year or two ago probably would have crumbled a little bit and, you know, sort of fell away. But straight away after them, we, you know, we, we're back on it and get back into the game, you know, within like 10 minutes or so of uh, conceding. And then after the, it was all us that game. It was, yeah. and you know, like 3-2 really flattered them. It really should have been, you know, 4-5-6-1 really that game. Yeah. So that's the only thing, that's the only fly in my ointment in terms of everything now is there's teams where we should have, Mm. easily you know he said the man united game we should have been far away the palace game we should have scored another couple you know and, 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 yeah, I'm, I'm just nitpicking now no but no i know what you mean. Me, but yeah you know, there's just, always room to improve there's always yeah. room to improve you've always, always got to be you've always got to be looking to go that extra level above haven't you and and, and yeah because it's one of those things you know very rarely we have a positive goal difference at this stage of the season i'm glad yes. we've got it but we, we really on the basis of play we really could have had you know maybe a uh, you know, we really could have been into double figures on our positive goal difference if we'd have, yeah. you know, not hit the woodwork so much, for sure. Yeah, definitely. And, and, that, and that's the thing. I mean, where traditionally we are in the Premier League, the goal difference is is superior than the teams around us. But we're in the mm. big boy league now. We're in the big boy league. And having a four or five, was it seven or whatever, plus goal yeah, well, five, well, Spurs have got twice ours. You know, and that's a point. That is a point. And, and I know is, it's yeah. stupid that we're even thinking like this at the moment, but come the end of the season when no you know what mate the I think we've, places are I think you know, we've got a dream i think we've got, we've got a, dream, a dream to be honest because yeah. how often do we really have a season like this and no. on top of that as well it's not like it's just us that are, that are being very very good this season the whole league is all over the place this yeah. year uh you know i know city look like they're gonna recapture their title winning form um, but, you, you know, like Man United, Liverpool, Spurs, you know, like in November, people were big up Spurs to win the yeah. league. And now yeah, yeah. and now they'd be lucky to make the top four. So it yeah. really does show how quickly things can change. And again, Everton have been bigged up. And then, you know, they they, they dropped points against Newcastle, who looked like they were only yeah. going one yeah. way up at the weekend. So it's such a crazy season. If we can just keep, you know, chipping away, getting the wins against, you know, the Villas and, and stuff like that, who we've got coming up and... And again, if we can maybe nick some points from some of the other bigger teams that we play, if we can get, if we're still in and around it by the last, you know, like four or five games of the season, it'd be, you know, regardless of where we finish, then it'd be a, a fantastic run. But yeah, you know, we've, we've, got, we've got enough to be positive about and with everything else going on, we really should be looking at, at Europa League at the very least and going, we can make this happen this year. Yeah, yeah easily, easily we can. And, that, that's, and that's, Again, it's it's a. I was talking to someone the other day, and obviously, you know, this will go out after the this will go out tomorrow. So obviously, the transfer mm-hmm. window closes a day. But you know, where we're previously scrabbling around for players to save our season, <laughs> now, now we're looking for players to improve our squad going mm. into the second half of the season, which again is a totally bizarre concept for me. I think. Yeah. Um, we wouldn't necessarily need a a Jarrah Bowen or a, a Suchek to 
to get the goals which are going to keep us up, let alone we want to, we want to develop players and develop a squad to improve our chances of getting to Europe and things like that. It's bizarre. It's bizarre. Yeah. It's a bizarre time to be a West Ham. It is, it is a very bizarre. It's, it makes for a nice change of pace, to yeah. be honest with you. Yeah. Because oh, especially since we moved to the new stadium, the amount of times I've kind of just sat there and gone, oh, I'd do anything for a mid-table season this year, yeah, anything. Yeah, yeah. And now, and now, you know, if and now, you know, like from where we are at the minute, you'd kind of go, if we finished around, eighth ninth or tenth it would be slightly disappointing at this stage yeah. so which yeah as a west ham fan that's really bizarre to to say honestly i feel like i've got to get the oxygen tanks out if we stay where we are any further i tell you and, uh, i'm not used to this uh, no, uh, no. Yeah, <laughs> an altitude sickness and all that stuff at the oh moment, definitely mate definitely, uh, <laughs> anyway anyway so anyway anyway we love west ham and which is great but the first question i want to ask uh for about 20 minutes in is 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 why west ham though george why is it your club man you know what's what we see the shirt but mm. and you talk very eloquently about west ham but oh, why thank you it's why? in the it's in the blood mate so as far back as i can remember even before i could probably tell you what the concept of football was from such a small age my dad basically drilled into me of a anyone ask you about football your answer is I support West Ham. That's that's it. And um, yeah, you know, like my, my dad's my dad's had a season ticket since, oh, if not the early eighties, the late seventies. And uh, he was there the last time we won a trophy. So hopefully we'll be able to he'll be able to see another one this this season. But yeah, uh, yeah, when we won the FA Cup in eighty. But my granddad was a was a big West Ham fan so much so that he actually missed the birth of my uncle, who was his firstborn. <laughs> Because he was at West Ham. I mean, it was a different time back then. But that's say crazy. that, say that, George. My my, my <laughs> daughter, my daughter, her due day was the playoff final in twenty twelve. Um, oh no! Wow. And I had a really good ticket, so obviously I was at the game. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I know what you mean. Though it's, it's that's brilliant. Though to the, she wasn't. She, she was born a few days later. So don't worry about that. She was all right. But oh, good. I love the fact that he he, he missed his first his first born. Honestly, it was uh, yeah, it's absolutely crazy, and because uh, again, it was sight was a bit different back then. Obviously, that the the husband wasn't all wasn't usually at the birth, sure, but yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he basically went to West Ham, got home, realized that Minan wasn't home, so he's gone next door and said, "Oh, where's Sylvia?" And then they've gone, "Oh, she's had to go to the hospital." And then he's <laughs> he's gone to the nearest phone box, called up the hospital, and they've gone, "Oh, thank you, Mister Ellis. Yeah, y- y- congratulations, you've got a boy." That kind Brilliant. of thing. love it. That's a great absolutely story. mental, and uh, and yeah, so that that was really, as I said, like before, I could probably even was even old enough to really understand the concept of what football was. I'd yeah. kind of just had it drilled into me that that you're what you know that you support west ham that kind of thing so like even and i think that really sort of helped me like even going to school and stuff because then you kind of meet people that are man united fans or arsenal fans or chelsea fans that kind of thing but yeah just from that from that young age it was always instilled in me uh you know whatever anyone says to you your response is just i support west ham and that's it and uh and yeah, it's one of those things. I remember my first game. Uh, it was a uh, 2002. I must have been about or oh, six, maybe yeah, something like that. Six, and uh, yeah. it was a good introduction. I will say this because we beat Sunderland three nil, which that's always a nice. That's always a nice way to start. And um, yeah, I think yeah, I, did, I looked it up earlier. I, I think it was Trevor Sinclair, Steve Lomas, and uh, and Jermaine Defoe scoring the goals. I think Joe okay. Cole played in that game as well. And it was just, it was kind of surreal because by that point, 
I was, you know, somewhat, I was playing football myself for like, you know, yeah. like youth teams and, and things. And, and yeah, to finally go to the stadium for the first time, it was just incredible. And, and I still remember singing bubbles for the first time to this day and the atmosphere and just being there. It was a, and yeah, it was just, it was just brilliant really. And yeah. it's just, it's just been my life pretty much since then, to be honest, mate. It's a sensory thing, isn't it? I think mm. it's one of those things where, yeah, arguably you get a better view on the telly than you do at the stadium, just because mm. you do. Um, and that's great. You don't have to travel. You don't have to, you know, whatever, get, get your popcorn or whatever and, and all that stuff. But it's that sensory. It's that smell of the grass. Um, it's, it's the, yeah, particularly at the old gaff, it was the smell of those dodgy burgers. Um, <laughs> and I never really understood it because by the supporters club, there was always one, there was a very small, if there, it was like a very small dead end, wasn't there? And, and, mm. and for some reason there was a different, there was conflicting burger stands on either side. And you're thinking that's not very good town planning, is it really? Cause no. like, must've been turf wars of those two, but oh, um, definitely. Yeah, that smell and the cut grass, or what the like after, or, or particularly when you finish the game and mm. the grass has been all cut up, and that's what I think people have missed, you know. Yeah, it's great, it's great. You can, you know, it's great that the telly is football's on and everyone can see it, but you know, it's it's it just powers in comparison to actually being there, isn't no, it? No, no, completely. Um, because yeah, I ended up giving up my season ticket in 2018, and yeah, just it's kind of weird, like not being able to go because it's really kind of made me yearn for it a little bit more. So I yeah. feel like I'm definitely going to have to get back on that and try and get, you know, even if it's right up in the cheap seats or somewhere like that, I just feel like I'm going to have to start getting back on it again soon. Because I, you... I think everyone's going to be the same, mate, to be honest. I think it's one of those things where, for me, um, I, I I think it's one of those things where someone, well, I remember one of the first people I interviewed said, oh, it's, it's a bit like a chore going to West Ham of the years. It has been a bit of a chore, but it's a chore mm. they want to do again. Um, mm. And they can't wait to go and do it and so, again. So, and I think actually, I think people will appreciate this being there, appreciate, you know, everything about it, you know, the, the, the walk, <laughs> the stop yeah. the sign, all that stuff. And that, that's, that's what I think people missed. Um, all those little things, which I think people were going to uh, almost take them for granted. Um, Definitely. Yeah. And I think it's so, you know, I think people, it's, it, Obviously, it's a horrible thing what's happened in terms of the mm. pandemic and stuff, but it's just put things back into perspective, I think, for a lot of fans. Completely. And, and you kind of realise that the, what's sort of important when this kind of thing goes on in the world, obviously, you want it, you need it all to be safe and, and ready in order for it to go back. But, you know, you, you do miss little things like that, you know, it, you know, even just, you know, maybe going for a beer afterwards with your mates and, and, and the little stuff like that. Just to, like, funnily enough for me as well, the little things, the... Uh, the, the the match day music mate honestly i can't i can't i can't tell you enough just how much of like kind of an impact you've had on me <laughs> through like your match day selections because like you've introduced me to muse um was, like, <laughs> no, honestly honestly and um no honestly and the, and the clash and everything like that like because when uh you know what was i as i said i was about six or seven when i went to my first game and then Oh, it was the, our first season in the championship uh, after we'd got relegated in 2003. My yeah. dad got me a half-season ticket for Christmas. And, yeah, just, uh, like, hearing Muse and, you know, hearing The Clash and, and all that on a weekly basis, that kind of thing. It just it, – it, those songs now, even when I hear them to this day, 
even if I'm in the car on the radio on a drive home, or if I've just got a random playlist on Spotify, yeah. when the, when those songs come on instantly, it just takes me back to Upton Park and and the London Stadium as well. Like those, and, uh, I think it's the Brilliant. Kill Bill theme song as well, right yeah. before the game. Battle of that honor. If you if yeah. you go, if you look at um, if you go and uh, someone asked me this the other day, and I've just done it actually. If you go to if so if you go on Spotify and search for DJ underscore Russie B, then they're all, all on my, there. All my all my playlists that I play at the London Stadium now are all on there. So you've got you know so basically so you'll have West if West Ham are winning at half time, there's one West Ham pre match. Mm. So there you go. Twist and shout if Twist we win the game. I've all got to say as well, the game, they're all there. Yeah, I've got to say as well, I am a big, big fan of the uh, Triple H theme music that's been blaring out recently as well. I love that. Absolutely yeah. love it. Again, it just kind of takes me back to like my childhood of of playing SmackDown, Here Comes the Pain. Triple H comes out and it's just, ah, uh, it, like if that doesn't get the players pumped, nothing will, to be honest. Yeah, I it's a it. tune. It's a tune. Absolute tune. Was it Motorhead, I think? Yeah, but, Motorhead. Yeah. yeah, we've been mm. doing it. We do it for a few weeks now. And um, because he's a kid, he's a hammer, you he's know, a hammer, isn't he? yeah, I love hammer. that. And so, yeah, and no, it was the last but one game, it, it all just went up, went, went got crazy because I think someone, I think BT Sport had put, put it up, and oh, really, else, and uh, and and trips, um, like retweeted it or just put the, the, the iron signs a couple of times. I love it. Right, okay, so when you come on Miami's 11, then trips, that's the question. Oh, mate, yeah, get him on, get him on, uh, get the X on as well, you know. Get them all WWE roster. <laughs> yeah, that's good fun. We had, obviously, we had, uh, we had, we had Deepart on the other day, and his, um, his single Declan Rice is now, I think, charted about 22 in the top 40. Jesus. So, that's yeah. Crazy. As Clip says, we are effing massive. Um, no, mate, you are. You are, man. As I said, like the people you've got on here, mate, I like. It's incredible stuff, to be honest with you, man. Yeah, it's good fun. It's good fun, man. It's good fun. Anyway, anyway, so we've, we've, we've proven your West Ham credentials there, um, George. And now, um, obviously, everyone we have on the channel, we, we get a hammer's mm. 11 out of them. So, you know, the idea is you can pick anyone you want. Obviously, you pay for West Ham. Um, but the only criteria is you have to be alive to have seen them play. You can pick whoever mm. you want based on whatever criteria. And, and that's what we're going to do now. That's what so, I think there's only three people who haven't given a Hammers 11, which are um, Harry Redknapp. He didn't give one because he started talking about Bobby Ferguson and stuff like that. I, I saw that one. I did think, is he going to pick a team here? What's uh, going on? No, he ran out of time. Um, <laughs> he started chatting about the old days and he ran out of time. Um, Nigel Coker didn't give one. and That's a bit of a weird one. Mm. Uh, Nigel was Nigel Blessing. Um, he, he comes across as a bit of an odd character. Yeah. Um, Bit unique, unique. That's a good mm. way to describe. It. And um, and Bish, Bish didn't give one because he didn't want to piss anyone off. <laughs> and then everyone else, all of his mates, are all coming on, ready to, ready to, you know. We've got, we've got a few of them other, other ones yeah. picked him. Oh, fucking Bish! But yeah, no, he's top man, Bish. Um, so that's what we'll do now, G. So, um, in terms of of your eleven, mm-hmm. who would be between the sticks? So between the sticks for me, it's been it was a bit of a, a tough choice because. I think I've seen some good goalkeepers in my time. The first goalkeeper I can really remember for us is uh, David James, I thought. Um, But I remember he was with us when we got relegated, wasn't he? David James, I think. And uh, Yeah, but after that, I know we had Jimmy Walker for a while. He's a good character. And uh, Shaka Hislop, Roy Carroll. 
the ones for me it was a real toss-up though between two goalkeepers and uh one of them being rob green and the other one being adrian and uh rob green was brilliant for us uh during his time at west ham you know i'd like to have ideally have kept them a little bit longer uh than, than what he ended up staying for in the end he went to qpr when we got promoted didn't he but um i'm just i'm gonna go with adrian i I, I just thought he was such a great character. And those first few years for us, I did think he was he was really quite good. He always, you know, had a little bit of a, a wild moment in him. Yeah. But but for the most part, Adrian was, was, you know, pretty sound those first few years. It wasn't really until, say, Randolph kind of came into the picture a little bit. But, um, but you yeah, know, Adrian, for me, I, I kind of feel like he sort of epitomised West Ham to a degree, the way that, you know, he just... He was so passionate for the club, and I feel like the fans really took to him. And you know, we can't forget that that penalty he scored against Everton. No. Uh, absolutely brilliant! Absolutely yeah. brilliant. So, um, so the interview did say, "Could you imagine if he'd missed it?" Oh, that's the thing. It, it, that's the thing. Once you've thrown the gloves off, you have to score because then if you don't, you've then how awkward would it be if he's then got to go pick them up and put them back you, on? To or you go like nineteen fifty style, you have no gloves on. Oh, that would oh. take some balls, isn't it? Getting in, yeah, in, that, in, would. So. that would. That would. Because also it? those gloves, you have to get someone else to help you put the gloves on. Yeah, like, it just yeah, be really. embarrassing to him. But oh, it would yeah. have been. Thankfully, I mean, thankfully he stuck it away. And uh, I remember as well that at Mark Noble's testimonial, uh, he just he ran the length of the pitch, didn't he? I know he had yeah. about three bodyguards around him towards the end, but he stuck it in, and it just it kind of just summed up the day. Really, it was it was brilliant stuff. So, yeah, I, I'm going with Adrian, narrowly beating narrowly beating Rob Green to it, but uh, Adrian's going into my, uh, my in, right. in between the sticks in goal. Okay, that's Adrian in right. Okay, let's move into defence. Gordon George, you start. You start to go over it as you go. Okay, so I think I'll start right back. Now, we've—I don't really think we've been amazingly blessed at right back during my term. Certainly not. uh, Certainly not during the last few years or so. Um, If we keep this year, yeah, exactly. Sufa, what a bargain he is, by the way. Five million quid. He's—he can do it all. Defense, attack. He's been so consistent. He's absolutely brilliant. But. Yeah, before that, though, I mean, you know, I know we got Zabaleta towards the end of his career and, he, you know, he did all right for us. And, uh, yeah, I, I feel like I, I kind of remember Repka playing at right back as well. I was kind of debating putting him in here as well. But I'm going to go for a guy who largely didn't play right back very much, but he did He did have a good long time at the club and he was a guy that I really liked when he was here. And at the time, I wouldn't have sold him either, to be fair. I'm, I'm going to put James Tompkins at mm. right back. Yeah, he had that. Sure. He had that final that final season at Upton Park. He played there, and again, you know, it wasn't a great threat going forward. But of course, he's a centre back, and yeah, he gave us he gave us a good few years at the club. You know, the best part of I think oh ten years or so, roughly something like that. And yeah, you know, proper West Ham boy. And I just, as I said, I, I really wish we hadn't sold him when we did because then we ended up bringing in Arbaloa on a free, who was a complete waste of space for us. So. Yeah, uh, as I said, you know, I'm I'm kind of sort of squeezing him in there because he was mainly a a centre back, but I'm putting him at right back just because he did have a re- that last year at Upton Park, he was very good there, yeah. and over over the length of time, I feel like he deserves a spot in the team somewhere. Definitely. So yeah, Tompkins for me, definitely, definitely, definitely. Right, we'll put JT in. Okay, JT gets it right back. Who's next? And George, who's next? I'm going to go with one of the first centre backs I can remember playing for the club. 
Um, bit of a cult hero, I would say. And again, we've we've seen some good. I, I say we've seen some good centre backs that over the you know my time in watching West Ham. Uh, Winston Reid was probably a little bit unlucky to miss out. I would say, just because I think it's really been the last few years where he's not really been able to get any game time, which is a little bit yeah. sad. Uh, or, you know, he was he was for especially after we got promoted back to the Premier League, he was brilliant for us. Um, you know, we were lucky that teams like Arsenal didn't end up signing him and, and he ended up sticking around, scored that, that incredible last goal at Upton Park, and, and which was just beautiful. But uh, my first pick, I'm going to go with Christian Daly for me at centre-back. My first, Yeah, my first, as I said, one of the first centre-backs I can really remember at the club. Proper Scottish. He scored that great goal against Ipswich in the playoffs as well. Yeah. Uh, and the, I just remember, I was so young then, I must have been about seven or eight, but I can still just remember the roof being blown off Upton Park that night. It was absolutely incredible. And I couldn't understand a word he said either. At that age, I really no, because he did that after the game, didn't he? We gave him the mic. I remember he did this sort of like <laughs> this brave heart speech, you know, you know, you can take our freedom. And obviously we didn't really subsequently lost that game. We went to Cardiff, but um, yeah. I know what you mean. He was this like, there was just something inspiring about the man. I loved him. I loved him. And, and to this day as well, I think the song helps because, yeah. and, and again, it's been so drummed into me a little bit that if I meet someone new with curly hair, I really have to stop myself from just going, <laughs> Oh, Christian Daly, you are the love of my life. It's just like, I have to stop myself from doing it every time I see someone with curly hair, because I just associate curly hair with Christian Daly. And, uh, <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I really liked him for us. As I said, Winston Reid, uh, probably a little bit unlucky not to get in there. But uh, I've gone with I've gone with uh, Christian Daly as my first yeah. centre back choice. Just yeah. the, the the memories there are just are just brilliant. And um, partnering him, I, I feel like I yeah, I feel like I had to go with this guy. I've gone with Ginger Pele, James Collins. Absolutely love James Collins. What an absolute hero that that man was for us at West Ham over two spells. Gave it all, you know. He, he you know, he went to Villa for a little while, didn't he? And you know, a little bit clean shaven, still had some hair. Come back, this like, oh, it's like he turned Super Saiyan when he came back. You yeah. know, like thick beard, like bald head, like just just an absolute rock. And uh, you know, it's just I think he loved the club as well. Uh, I went, I think it was a couple of years ago when we played Arsenal away at the, the Emirates, I think we got thumped like 4-1. Uh, they scored about two, three goals in the last 10 minutes of the game. And James Collins, even though he was still uh, playing for the club at the time, he was in the away end. It was brilliant. So one of my mates just got, I think that's James Collins over there. And I was like, <laughs> oh man, got to go get a picture with him. And the, and the crowd were just going, one ginger pele, one ginger pele. It was just... It was brilliant and, you know, like proper lion at the back, rock solid and, you know, typical old school English type centre back that you could just, you know, you know, dive on a grenade if it was on the football pitch, that kind of Definitely. thing. So, yeah, so, yeah um, love James Collins for us. Again, if, if Ogbonna... If Ogbonna gets a few more years out of this again, I might have I might put Ogbonna in there if I ever revisit this thing at the minute. But yeah, Christian Daly and and Tom Tom uh, James Tompkins or James Collins uh, for me, my my centre yeah. backs. Absolutely love sounds, those, that. Pair. Sounds a strong pairing. Right, okay, I'll put GP in there. Uh, who's going to be left back then? Uh, left back, I think 
for me again, like fullbacks have really been kind of an issue for us over the years, yeah. haven't they? Real a real issue. And and we were talking earlier about being proven wrong. And at the end of last season, uh, as much as I had respect for the guy and was you know really happy with the service he'd given the club, I did think it was time for us to move him on. But this season, he's just you know he looks back. He looks like he's back to his best. Mm-hmm. He's been he's been assisting lo- uh, loads of goals and he's been whipping in. Tons of great crosses and, and free kicks and corners. I'm going with Aaron Cresswell at left back for me. They, yeah. It's the only real. I know we had a few players like um, Ilunga and and Dix was just before my time. Yeah. So I couldn't really I couldn't really put him in. So uh, but yeah, no. Cresswell has just been he's just been so consistent for us over the years, really. And uh, you know he's earned a few England call ups along the way, which is really deserved. So. Yeah, for me, there's only there's only one choice at left back, and I'm going Cresswell, mate. Yeah, he's our top assister, isn't he this season? Yeah, he? yeah, he's 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 been doing really well. And as I said, it, it, you know, when I do, you know, maybe criticise the players, as I said, I did think he's it was at, le- at the very least I've got someone in and use Cresswell as backup. But where he's yeah. been playing in, in the back three or in the back four, he's adjusted to both roles brilliantly. Yep. So. Yep. Yeah, no, for me, uh, it's got to be Aaron Cresswell at, at that left back spot all day long. Yeah, yeah, he's 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 uh, as you said, he's he's rejuvenate re, re, He's his his career's kicked off, started again. Yeah, yeah, no, he's been he's been, no, he's been fantastic <laughs> for us this season. Yeah, he's top, Absolutely fantastic. Right, okay, Cress is in. That's the four. That's the keeper. Let's move into midfield. Who's going to be midfield, then, man? Right. So I think I'm going to start left midfield, and sure. I kind of had to put this guy in there because uh, I, I didn't really think I could have my midfield without him, but um, probably a little bit unlucky to miss out Matty Effrington. I really remember him growing up and he was fantastic for us again, him against Ipswich. And it, yeah. it's a bit of a shame we couldn't get a few more years out of him. You know, he had a few, he had a few issues, which I'm, I was yeah. so glad to see it, it turned it around at Stoke because the guy, mm. the guy really deserved it. He was brilliant for us. And I just, I, I would have just liked to have seen us maybe get a few more years out of Effrington. So he's a little bit unlucky. And uh, if I was doing this purely based on the best players I'd ever seen for the club, there could only be one man in that left midfield spot, and that would be Dimitri Payet. But yeah. it's just the, the way he left the club, it, it really it really left a sour taste in, in my mouth, to be honest, man. I, I, I can't put him in there. No, I just can't. And, um, <laughs> and the, the thing is as well, it, you know, I don't really think anyone can maybe blame him for wanting to leave because especially yep. after he had, that, he had that brilliant year, he had that brilliant season for us. And then he was incredible at the Euros as well. And yeah. I think all West Ham fans were France fans in that tournament. We all yeah. wanted him to win it. And after that tournament, all the way up till the summer deadline day, we're all sitting there going, oh God, are, are Real Madrid, Barcelona going to come in for him? Like what's going to happen? They're like, how are we going to, how are we going to, you know, get to the end of the transfer window and him still be a West Ham player? We get there, and to be honest with you, we probably would have settled for if someone had offered it to us before that. Uh, if somebody said you get to keep Payet, but you sign no other players, I feel like the majority of West Ham fans probably would have taken that. But yeah. then he refused to play, and I just think that there's a there's a right way and a wrong way to conduct yourself as a professional footballer. You know, like we've all I think we've probably all worked jobs that we maybe don't like, and you don't just go, oh, I don't like it, I'm not going to come in anymore. No, you. You know, you keep doing your job properly. You keep remaining yeah. professional, and especially with what we're given to him as a football club, I, I do feel like 
again he could have handled the situation a lot better so mm. i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm not gonna give it i'm not gonna put pie in there i'm gonna put joe cole in a number uh, uh, left midfield just because again going back to my childhood the guy could play the guy yeah. could absolutely play one of the it, it's one of those things as well where he was terrific for us he loved west ham he still loves west ham he's one of those people that i think we'd all love to see him back at west ham in some Definitely. capacity in the future and just a brilliant player and i just think if he hadn't have had such a few injuries he probably could have you know got a similar kind of trophy haul that rio and frank lampard ended up getting he was that good a player yeah no i agree i agree yeah. and he's one of those players as well that we i think i was listening to a podcast with tom davis i think it's the first one in the series they do it. i think it's joe it's joe.co.uk and um and he was saying that you know in essence you know he's a street footballer at heart mm. he's oh, always yeah. been a street footballer and if that and that's the case then then you have to say that his time at west ham was when he was the most joe cole like yeah because you know he was that one it must have been based on that obviously not the most successful but in terms of being a west ham you know being true to himself it was that time at west ham because he was he was a street footballer in mm. essence wasn't he well he was uh he was the center of everything he was doing the the, the, the spins the flicks the tricks the rabonas all those types of oh, things brilliant stuff. i mean he was doing rabonas before everyone knew what rabona was you know what i mean i know so he was like, he was it was absolutely brilliant and uh, his technical technical ability i do think you're right in terms of his in terms of his form anyway he probably did have his best years at west ham i know he he won the league and a couple other bits and bobs with with chelsea but yeah he had a, it was a shame he had a lot of injuries there and obviously yeah. uh, unlike say if he'd maybe got injuries with us he'd have probably just walked straight back into the team but when you're getting injured and then all of a sudden you've got iron robin as the guy you've got to potentially yeah, get true. out of the, that you know Great like shot, yeah. that you're going to struggle and uh, yeah as i said it was such a such a shame for his career because you know even seeing him on the media now he comes across as such a sound guy really yes. sound guy yeah he does yeah. He, he comes across really like i mean you know he's got a good football brain mm. but he comes across so so well and he will do well whenever he decides right it's time to get into coaching properly um whoever picks him up will, will have a great coach in their ass. i think as well i think he'd be a great man manager because a lot of people maybe have the tactical knowledge, but then maybe can't relate to players or maybe, you yeah. know, some players just need an arm around the shoulder. And I feel like he could do that. I, I, as I said, cause he just comes across as such a nice guy. Whereas you say, you look at say, you know, Frank Lampard, who obviously just lost his job at Chelsea. And you kind of think, you know, tactically he was such an intelligent footballer. You would think that tactically he would be adept enough to succeed there. But I think a lot of the players, probably didn't like his man management style and especially in this day and age where mm -hmm. the players are you know like multi-millionaires a little bit spoiled that kind of thing you've really got to you can't always be that stern no you do this because i've told you to do this you sometimes you've got to you know like not I don't want to say wrap them in cotton wool but i know what you mean yeah, yeah, you've just got to sort of monocoddle them a little bit and, and yeah, get them over there and i think i think the trouble with lampard as well is he in my opinion he he succeeded because mate, obviously he he was it was good last year, did well mm, last year. Yeah, yeah. Uh, when he was basically, as you said, was pretty much working with the kids who would look up to him, and so he, could, yeah. as you said, then he moved into a in a, into a world where he was paying 
20 30 million pounds of players and it's a different it's a different ball game really um in the same way that i never think truly that chelsea that abramovich saw him as a, a full-time full-time manager. oh i agree you know he yeah. was just he was just a caretaker for 18 months yeah no he, yeah no, yeah it was a thing because he, he, he did better than probably anyone expected yeah. in that first yeah. season yeah. and then abramovich has kind of gone oh shit i have to give it to him full-time now because he's he did do it with the, when you consider the age of that squad getting champions league football into a cup final you know chelsea fans would have lapped that up at that going into oh, that totally. season and and yeah you know just probably out of depth with all those big money sign-ins and trying to gel them all in at once and uh and, and yeah i i agree he was just he was like well we'll get a proper manager in where we can sign players again but yeah. because he, he got them further than a lot of people thought that he would have done they were like oh well we kind of have to ca- let him carry on now and it, yeah it went a bit obviously went a bit tits up the last the last few months but yeah whereas i think joe cole i think he'd he'd be able to empathize i think with the players a lot more i, yeah, I would yeah, say yeah, yeah. No, i get you so I get that. yeah my uh my left midfield joe cole moving yeah. into i'm gonna move straight <laughs> over to right midfield and uh again i'm trying to think now so i i, I know who I know who's going in there, and uh, it's a guy that's played. Uh, I'd say probably Trevor Sinclair's a little bit unlucky not to make it. I think he probably only, yeah, he probably only just misses out because Tough I, I kind of caught him towards the the back end of his career. But yeah, I, I still remember that he, he was the first player I ever saw score at Upton Park in my first ever game. So uh, I love him for that. But I think I'm going to put in the guy that should ultimately become our highest Premier League goal scorer of all time soon. I'm going with Mikel Antonio at right midfield. Yeah. Um, you know, one of the many positions that he's played. Yeah. I could have, I, I mean, if I if I could have possibly put him in at, at right back, striker, bloody, yeah. you know, he'd play anywhere, wouldn't he? And, and I just, I love Mikel. I love Mikel Antonio. He's such a, he is again, such a grafter. And yeah. You can tell that he's had to graft to get to where he is, you know, from non-league football, Tooting and Mitchum. And, uh, you, you know, he scored that goal against Southampton at, at Upton Park that's, that went in off his face, which is almost a little bit, I don't want to say typical Mikel Antonio, but it, it epitomises him to, to some degree because it's great, but it's also so weird as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, um, and, and, yeah, just full of pace, uh He's got so goals in him galore. He was still scoring goals at right back. And, um, you know, now that he's moved into the striker role, I think it's perfect for him because he's an mm. absolute unit. He's, he's a monster of a man, yeah. absolute monster. And uh, I, I love how much he puts into the games. Uh, I think he, he wears his heart on his sleeve. He gives it his all. And he's got some cracking celebrations in him as well. He's got some absolute he's great bring, celebrations. He brings that back, wasn't it? I mean, I mean, the, mm. the celebration, you know, bar some silly little hand gestures from Son and and them lot and Daily Ali and people like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no one really does a good celebration. No, like, you know, I'm shitty thinking, like, Fortnite dances yeah, now. Like I'm thinking yeah. like proper like Robbie Keane or you know, or like yeah. proper like a you know, Luar Luar Lamar. You know, we used to do mm. the flips and. And that's why that's why I think Antonio just brings a bit more a bit of fun into scoring Does, a goal. Do you know what I mean? It's like football's such a bo- it's so it's, it's so, so professional now. Yes, I think it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's lost its soul a little bit in that sense. It, it has. It, it does make me a little bit sad. And, and when you do see 
when you see players expressing themselves and enjoying themselves, especially when they've scored a goal, which is if you can't celebrate when you've scored a goal, when can, when can you yeah, celebrate yeah, yeah. really? And that whole thing, you know, where he's crawling on his back and then he's, they're like, oh, why did you do that, Mikhail? And he's like, well, I lost a bet with Declan Rice on Call of Duty Mobile and that was my forfeit. It's just, it shows great team spirit and a great unity. And it's just, again, you know, it's good that the players are, are, are mates with each other and they're outside yeah. of the pitch as well. And, uh, you know, he also scored, he also scored in the last ever game at Upton Park and uh, was the first goal scorer uh, at, the, at the London Stadium for us. And to be honest with you, the only thing that I could, you know, probably really criticise him for, and I say it's criticism, it's not, it's just, you know, he, he always picks up at least two or three injuries a season. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I'd, I'd love to see where his goal tally would be if he'd never picked up any injuries for us, because I do wow. think he'd, yeah. I, I do think he'd, uh, you know, have a good number of extra goals to his, I think he'd have already broken De Canio's uh, yeah. record, to be honest. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, but yeah, no, just just a guy that, that I love watching and, and uh, you know, again, comes across as such a sound guy, so, yeah, I, I love the cow. My, my, my only note to Antonio, <laughs> me mm. notes, is it does take him a couple of games. Yeah. Running, do you know what I mean? Mm. It's like, I remember, like twice now, twice this season where he's been injured and come back. That first game he's come back, he's been absolute dross. So, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Villa, he was absolutely crap. And then it was. He, he had to come off at half time, didn't he? Yeah. That game. Well, and, once he's up, he's, once he's got the bit mm, between his teeth, that's is, is a different character. Yeah, completely. I almost feel, especially in that Villa game, it was almost like we were trying to maybe push him back before he was ready. And then, yeah, he does take a couple of games to get up to speed. But then once he's up to speed, he just absolutely bullies teams. And that, yeah. you know, the, the, the way the West Brom players were bouncing off of him the other day, that was unbelievable. Yeah. Was just like, it was like watching an adult, like, play football with children, but a super competitive adult. They were just like bouncing off of him. When Boris Johnson did it, he was in Japan. <laughs> yeah. And he, like, little, that little four-year-old kid, yeah. was him, like, absolutely, like, twatted him out of the way. That's basically what he did to... to yeah. Poor, uh, poor I know, and I was, like, I was like, this is great grown men he's been doing yeah. this to like ah oh, honestly like you know like he would run if he wouldn't want to get in his way if he's sprinting full pelt he would run you over oh, yeah. uh but no absolutely as you said a little bit of a he takes a couple of games to get up to speed but but generally you know love the guy and to be fair he's he's scored some goals this season that i probably didn't think he had in his locker going like the mm. goal against city that yeah. was brilliant and um Oh, the one that was against West Brom, the other one that he's kind of hooked in. Yeah, hooked um, in, yeah. And uh, again, that little flick back to Suchek against Palace the other day, just, yeah, yeah like he's, I feel like he's really must have taken the time in training to work on these things because, he, you know, there was a while where he probably had a bit of a poor touch for a Premier League player. And I feel mm. like he's really kind of gone on I, and... I think it's, what, what I like about him, there's still this rawness about him. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Despite the fact he's played how many Premier League mm. games, he's still very raw. You know, he's still the, he's still he doesn't know what he's going to do next. So how can you defend against that? And I think that's that's what's really exciting about Antonio. Completely as a agree. Um, I completely agree. He seems to. It, it, it's like he's not forgotten his roots, and as a result, yeah. every game he plays in the Premier League, it, it means you see it. It means so much for him because. You know, for him, probably, you know, maybe 10 years or so ago, if you'd have said to him, this is the point where you'll be in 10 years, he might not have believed it because, yeah. you know, coming, having the graft so hard to get there. And, and yeah, no, he's, he's just been great for us. So, yeah, I'm, I'm sticking Antonio in midfield. And uh, yeah. 
coming into the centre midfield, this is probably where we start getting to some of my uh, more favourite West Ham players. And again, we've had some we've had some really good centre midfields, uh, centre midfielders in my time here. Um, again, one that I used to really like was Yossi Benioun. Uh, you know, great. He was a he was a great little player for yeah. us, and uh, an absolutely you know a bit of a magician at at points and. Um, yeah, but I think for me the guy that I kind of one of the guys that I've had to go with in the centre midfield, uh, I'm going to have to go with Scott Parker, mate. To be honest yeah. with you, absolutely loved Scott Parker. I think I was kind of at that age where, like, teenage years, and he was just absolutely phenomenal for us. Absolutely phenomenal for us. That that goal that he scored against Wigan uh, when we won three two to keep us up that year. Yeah, it was just it was sublime, and he. Really, if we hadn't had him, we would have got relegated that year. And the look on his face, it was it was Stuart Pierce esque after we, you know, after he scored that penalty in '96. The look on Parker's face when he drills that bottom corner and and we stay up, win the game three two. It was just great. And I, honestly, the the way that the fans got behind him, there were points where we'd have a corner and he'd go to take it. And the whole stadium would just erupt in applause. It was yeah. just, it was just incredible. Um, so yeah, I was, I was really probably around. As I said, I was probably at that right age for, for Scott Parker's time at our club. And I just, oh, I just, I just love the guy. Really, he, he won the Writers' Player of the Year the year we got relegated, which I think really shows just not only how poor a team we were, but also just how good he was. Yeah. So I know some people take the piss out of that a little bit, but. I feel like that the bigger teams don't give him the respect for that because we would have been mathematically done at like Christmas if it, if it wasn't for him. So yeah, no, I, I loved Scotty Parker and uh, three Hammer of the Year in a uh, Hammer of the Year awards in a row. I think the oh. only other player to do that was to Trevor Brookin, and that guy's got a stand yeah. named after him. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, and I think only Trevor Brookin, Bonds, and more. I think have won more Hammer of the Year awards than Scotty Parker, and yeah, no, I. Yeah, that's mental, isn't it? When you think about it, because yeah. he was only with us like what three, four years, something like that, I think. But yeah, no, he just he was brilliant and and fought his way back into the England team as well. Obviously, I imagine the main reason why possibly not many people put him in their team is the Spurs thing, which yeah, mm, yeah it's it's one of them, isn't it? But I, I do remember because he went to Spurs when we got relegated and. He'd broke, he deservedly broke his way back into the England team at that point. And Capello had made it clear, I'm not going to pick any players in the championship. And Spurs had got Champions League football that year. Mm. So, you know, from I feel like only the real diehard West Ham fans would, would, would have ever, you know, would have ever rejected that move. You're in a relegated club that. And and then you know a Champions League team comes in for you. Only only the diehards I think would have really rejected that move, to be honest. But yeah, it, yeah I thought he was brilliant for us. So I had to go Scotty Parker as my number as as my yeah. first centre mid. And 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 I mean you know the ironic thing is now looking back at it in the summer, obviously we were literally walking Declan Rice out the door, wasn't it to Chelsea? Yeah, there we go. And it's yeah. It's, and it's oh good luck. Yeah, well, well done. Well, well done. Good luck. You know, good luck to you, mate. It's like, well, I where, where was the difference? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, if, completely. If objectively, and people go, oh, because it was Tottenham. It's like, well, yeah, hang yeah. on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. 
Martin Peters is a player that everyone loved. Mm, mm. He went to Tottenham. Like everyone know. forgets that. I everyone think. forgets yeah. Bobby Moore putting that was going to mm. put a transfer question to go to Arsenal or Tottenham. You know, and we've, as you said, we've got a stand named after him. Um, yeah. I think you know we say all we want is players who are going to play for the shirt. There's no mm. denying that every time Scott Parker went across that yeah. pitch, yeah. he played for that shirt and he played and he's he carried that team. He said, "Crap team, we had a crap oh, team." Oh, it was it was a dreadful um, team. That year we got relegated under Evan Grant. I think we won more cup games than we did than we did league games because yeah. we got yeah. the semi final with the Carling Cup and uh, like the quarter final with the FA Cup, something like that. And and yeah, we, I know we scored against Liverpool and we won that game, uh, which is probably the only league game I can remember us winning that season because we were dreadful. Yeah. And I remember us being half three uh, 0 down at half time away at West Brom, and then. Fuck knows what Avram Grant was doing, but Scotty Parker's the one that's giving the halftime team yeah. talk. You know, probably good practice for his future career as a as a manager now. And Colton Cole was interviewed after the game, and he's saying, oh, "I had tears in my eyes. He was really inspiring." And I'm like, "I'm like, well done, Scotty Parker, but what are you doing, Avram Grant? Like, yeah. I couldn't believe it. Mental. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely mental. And uh, you know, it's you know, going back to the whole thing with Declan Rice, as you said, I feel like. You're right. Loads of people were were almost, you know, saying, "Oh, good luck, Declan," when it looked like he was maybe going to go to Chelsea. But yeah. you know, Scotty Parker, no one does that. And I still feel like nearly every day on Twitter, I must see at least one West Ham fan still fawning over Payet. And yeah. don't get me obviously, you know, it was magic for us. He did think is in my lifetime, he's probably the most talented player I'd ever seen play at West Ham. So, I, I, but the romanticism that's there when. The guy still effectively snaked us, and then I'm like, yeah. well, we got. I was like, we got relegated with Scotty Parker. A Champions League team came in for him, and yeah. and you're gonna you're gonna treat him like he's oh, the worst person in the world. Uh, yeah, I don't. Yeah, I, I never really got that because I did think yeah. he deserved. I think whenever he came back to play against us, I think he deserved a much better reception than what yeah. he got. It'd normally be quite mixed, but it would be but, yeah. But yeah, no, he was he was he was brilliant for us. So I had to put Scotty Parker in. As my first centre midfield role, and then my centre, uh, second centre midfield role, is my favourite West Ham player of all time. Will probably be my favourite West Ham player of all time, forever. Um, it's my generation's Billy Bonds. I'm going with Mark Noble all day long. Has yeah. to be Mark Noble. Absolutely love the guy. I mean, where'd you start? You know, just West Ham through and through. Canning Town born lad, and he just he has been West Ham. He's part of the furniture. And you know, it, I, I feel almost a little so sad, like seeing him. You know, like like thinking he's going to have to retire soon, and yeah. I don't, I don't think I'm emotionally ready for that. No, no, no. no. But, you know, I kind of like where we are with him at the minute, in that you know, we, we maybe bring him on for 15, 20 minutes. You know, if if we're maybe winning the game, you know, like one or two nil, just to get that extra body in midfield, he can do that role, and he's a leader. Yeah. And I, I love the, I love the fact that Rice every time he comes onto the pitch, Rice hands in the armband. He knows yeah. who his captain is, and definitely, it just, I think, I feel like as well to a certain degree, I want to say fans, but I feel like there's nothing wrong with not wanting Noble to start, but I think, you know, sometimes he gets a bit disrespected, which he doesn't deserve, um, I, and I, I feel like that there's a reason why he's been there so long. And up until this part of his his career, there's a reason why every single manager was picking him. There's a reason why every single manager had him on their team sheet. You know, when you think Bilic, Pellegrini, Allardyce, Grant, um, Zola, they all, you know, going back, Pardew, Kirbishley, 
they all went with Mark Noble and they all did yeah. it for various reasons. And it was because you knew that he was so reliable. You knew that he was West Ham through and through and, and such a leader. And I feel like any new players coming into that club, you know that Mark Noble's going to look out for them. He's going to make yeah. them feel like they're like home. And the, the turnout he got for his for his testimonial was was so deserved. It was so deserved, to be honest with you. I, I couldn't, as I said, I, like I really hope that whether it goes into coaching or something like that, I really hope that you know he that he's still at the club in some capacity when he does finally call time on his playing career. Mm. I just yeah, I love the guy. My favourite West Ham player. Yeah. And I think as you're right, I think you're right. In, in this in this role he's doing now, this little fifteen minute role, um, and then you know, playing in the cups. Mm. That's you know, he he could do that easily for another another couple of seasons, really. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Because it's like he's, yeah. he's 15, 20 minutes and he's not and he's still fit as a fiddle and you know, he just comes on to tie up the game, and you know, as hopefully it will, you know, they'll they'll give him the the extra contract, the extra year, so they can he can do it next next year could be his last season maybe, and then yeah, yeah I think that's that's sort of goes yeah. with saying. Um, it's it's yeah. another it's another part of the reason why I'm I'm so desperate for us to to you know try and get the cup this year, just because if he wins that, then I, I don't think anyone could not put him in that category of you know like Bobby Moore. Billy yeah. Bonds, Trevor yeah. Brookin, status of 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 club legend, and I, I feel like that's the only thing that that some people might hold against him is that we've not won anything with with those player. You know, we, we, he's not won anything for us. But mm. but yeah, it, it just it would just be great just to, if if he could lift that trophy, yeah. like it would just it would just cap off a, a brilliant career Definitely. for us. And and yeah, just absolutely love the guy so yeah mark noble mark noble my uh my center mid uh alongside scotty parker nice. and um nice. moving into the forwards now go on him so again it's, i mean obviously under the the golden sullivan era we've had a, a fair few shite forwards <laughs> a fair few shite forwards in, in my time but um you know we have had some we have had some good ones in there the first uh you know, like some of the first forwards I can remember, Freddie Canute, Jermaine Defoe, uh, you know, they, they were great for us at times. And then Marlon Harewood, I think he's the he's the forward that I can really kind of remember, um, you, you know, like, like, you know, when I was like eight, nine, when we were in the championship, obviously scored that semi-final goal. And uh, it was, yeah, you know, absolutely brilliant. Uh, Teddy Sheringham as well. We had, you know, he was 40-odd and he had a good little spell. Um, but... Uh, and, and Tevez and Tevez was another Tevez was a you know he, he kept us up that year uh you know he took a little while to get going yeah. but then he scored that free kick against Tottenham and he never looked looked back did he Tevez I, I, no. I did love Tevez and Tevez was probably so close to making this team but he just just probably misses out uh my first player I'm gonna put in uh is a guy that I absolutely love and uh, I think loyalty is a is a big big part of it I, I'm going with Colton Cole as my first striker yes um you, you know what the thing that i really kind of like about cole because obviously we, we spoke about noble yeah. and uh you know like canning town lad west ham in his blood con cole was originally a chelsea boy yeah. and came through their academy yeah and i was there at his debut actually when he came on off the bench and scored immediately and that kind of like blew my mind as a 
as about you know like a nine or ten year old because I'd never seen someone come on off the bench for West Ham and score so quickly. Yeah. So yeah, I was ah, oh. and I, I, I'd honestly for that in that for that like week that week or so before he played again. And I do love Colton Cole, but I, I'd thought that we'd signed like the next Brazilian Ronaldo, and uh, you know, I, I, yeah, I love Colton Cole, but I think even he'd probably admit not quite that level of a uh, level of player. But but no, Colton Cole, <laughs> Colton Cole was was brilliant for us, and uh, again, loyalty. And uh, I remember when we got, I remember when we got relegated, and I think. Him and Noble, I think they had the options to go back to Premier League clubs. And uh, I think all the players, including like Collison and uh, and stuff like that, um, I think they all had to like t- reduce their wages by half. And and I think a lot of people were saying to Colton Cole, why not go to Stoke? I think it was Stoke, the one idiom. And I think he'd, you know, he'd been playing for England a couple of years before that. So his stock was quite high. And, you know, he, he turned around and said, nah, I'm, I'm home here. And, you know, I, I just want to play my football at West Ham and do our best to try and get us back to the Premier League. And he, he scored that. He scored the opener at Wembley in the playoff final. And uh, at the end of the game, I think he came out on Twitter and said something along the lines of, people told me to, you know, to leave, but you can all go fuck yourselves. I love it here. Something along those lines. And it's just, it's just brilliant. And, you know, again, like I, I didn't, you know, when we released him, I thought it was the wrong move because, you know, Andy Carroll getting injured. Who would have ever seen that come in? Yes, and then we had to re-sign him three months later. Brilliant, um, it? So yeah, fun. and yeah, it was. It, that was typical. That's as West Ham as you'll ever see, isn't it? But, um, but yeah, then we, we bring him back and we got another good couple of years out of him. He scored some goals, uh, helped keep us up again. And, and yeah, no, I just, as I said, like, you know, probably not the, probably not the best. As again, if I was going with probably the best team of all time, Tevez probably would take his spot, but yeah. no, I loved I love Colton Cole, and I love seeing him on Sky and and things. Now he just comes across like a like a really great guy. Yeah, no, definitely. And as you said, I just think it's funny. You know, we when we signed him, it's absolutely brilliant. When it's like, it was like super Colton comes, it comes in to save the day, wasn't it? So yeah, yeah. Having, having just let him go three months later, whatever. Oh, oh don't, like, yeah, don't. But, no, it's no. so West Ham, and. Uh, yeah, but now bless him. I, I love Cole. I feel like he's our adopted son to a certain, you know, like like Mark Noble was yeah. like our true son, you know, like like you know, like by blood. But I feel like Colton Cole, uh, you know, like like when we played Chelsea like, straight after the lockdown, uh, I think he was doing a thing with Sky, and they were getting him and like Steve Sidwell and a, maybe another couple of ex players to watch it. And when Yarmolenko made it free too. He's there visibly celebrating, going, yes, come on, West Ham. And uh, again, I think a few Chelsea fans kind of called him out on Twitter and said, oh, you know, like, why are you celebrating against us? You, you came for our academy. And and he said, like, obviously, Chelsea will always have a bit of a place in my heart. But he was like, no, West Ham's my team. It's my home. I helped get them to the Premier League. And, and I was like, I want them to stay there. And, and yeah, you just, again, loyalty. I just, I, I love it. It's something that you don't see enough of in football this day and age. And, and yeah, when you get a player like that, you just kind of have to, as I said, you just got to love them really. And, yeah. and yeah, so for me, yeah, Colton Cole, absolutely love the guy. So he's, he's my first striker and um, yeah, moving on to my, my final place. And yeah. I could not have this guy. It's probably the first West Ham player. I can, I can remember the Maverick that is Paolo Di Canio. Yeah. Got to be Paolo. It's got to be Paolo. Paolo. It's got to be Paolo. I just what what can you say about the man really that hasn't already been said? The just 
genius really a genius of his craft and you know like just to come in obviously he'd had that whole incident where he pushed the referee over and Redknapp's taken a gamble on him and uh it was one of those things where every match day you, you didn't know what was going to happen and it's so rare to get that from a football player so but, true. Mm, and just ah oh, i just so just the, the goals he scored like the goal against you know obviously the wimbledon one is the big one and that is the best one because that that to this day i still can't think of another premier league goal that's even remotely similar to that whereas you know you see some great overhead kicks but but you probably see maybe a couple overhead kicks a season that kind of thing you know rooney obviously andy carroll even Haller against palace yeah. at home this season yeah. you, you see overhead kicks but that that bicycle kick from Decanio was saying else, and he, he scored like I think I remember we were, um, we were like two nil down against Chelsea. I think it was the year we got relegated, and we came back and won the game three two. And one of the goals that Decanio scored, it was just outrageous, and, uh, and and yeah, no, just just an absolute maverick of a player. And he still loves West Ham. He's still West Ham. He's still got the tattoo. And I remember uh, at Mark Noble's testimonial. He had to score, didn't he? He had to yeah, score. He had it, to. Was just, it was just, yeah, it was absolutely brilliant. And again, you know, like at least the last 10 years, probably not, strikers, probably not the best position for West Ham. Again, Dean Ashton, probably a little bit, uh, you know, probably a little bit unlucky. What player he could have been, if not for the injuries. He, <laughs> he, I honestly, you know, he would have gone on and, and had loads of caps for England and probably played for Man United, someone like that, Dean Ashton. But yeah, it had to be, it had to be Decanio. I just, yeah, just the guy was a genius. And and it, him, Joe Cole, those kind of players that, again, being that sort of like six, set five, six, seven when they were at the club, um, they're the sort of players that you, when you go out in the, the street to play football, you were Joe Cole, you were Decanio. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You had to pretend to be those guys and because uh, they were they were phenomenal. So, um, so yeah, just, just an absolute brilliant entertainer and... Uh, and yeah, I just every you know again, like just every time you see him, it's just you just get that little bit of, of nostalgia comes back, and yeah, and no, I just great stuff. So yeah, I mean, as, I mean, as you said, he's, he's the entertainer, and he was you, you would you'd you'd pay just to go and watch mm. him, wouldn't you? And and as well as being a fantastic footballer, he had this other side of him, and it's like you didn't know what side was going to turn up. Yeah. He's like a one man soap opera. Oh, he was like the throw in the strop, and uh, I think was it was it Coventry? I can't remember now. Where I think we won the game five four. It might have been someone else. Where Bradford, was it? The Bradford City game. Oh, Bradford, that was it. Yeah, Bradford five four. Yeah, that was it. And um, he's just. I think Lampard wanted the penalty, and he just yeah. wouldn't give it to him. And like, ah, oh, he just yeah, just you, you know, even if you get thumped. Paolo Di Canio would have been worth the price of the admission alone, and because yeah, you just yeah. you just didn't know what you were going to see, and that the catching the ball against Everton, just yeah, man, just absolutely love him, like just absolutely maverick it's stuff. Smile, didn't he? To be honest, you just sat there, you know, when you talk about what you got to say mm. is the word Paolo Di Canio, and you're smiling. Yeah, you know I mean, and it's like there's certain players, there's like him who has like Shaka Hislop, he would make me oh, smile. Yeah. You know, these type of players just smile when you listen, when you think about mm. that time at, at the club. And as you said, Paolo was just Paolo was Paolo, and and yeah. we, were, we were very fortunate to have him at the. T- you know, he's. He, I think, 
I, I think I think Redknapp kind of like when he bought him, you can't he kind of knew you've just got to let that guy be a free spirit and you'll get yeah. the best out of him. And that and that was what he was when he played football. He was a free spirit, and and as a result, he thrived off of that. Whereas if you try and rein him in, you're gonna get some backlash, he's gonna fight you on that. But if you say to him, Go do you, go play how you want to play, and and you just you just letting genius unfold at that point. Yeah. And you just gotta let him as you said, there's certain players. That you just gotta just yeah, he said just let play. You know, you couldn't control it. Yeah. Read that by his own admission, couldn't control Paolo. Paolo was Paolo. Um and yeah, but we were just lucky to have him. And, and, yeah, and he man. knows that. He were not only we were lucky to have him, he was lucky to have us because as he said, he pushed over the referee. His career was based on the scrap. Yeah. And and we turned him into this Premier League legend, really. I mean, you know, oh, he wasn't really bringing up lots of trees. He was, he was good no. at Wednesday, mm. but he wasn't in the same sort of uh, bracket as a Zola or a Bergkamp, but he was after his time at West Ham. But the, th- the thing is as well, I think, like, if you're going on, if you're going on technical ability alone, yeah. he is one of the most gifted players to have played in the yeah. Premier League, yeah. for sure. For sure. Uh, you know, you, you didn't maybe know what you were going to get with him sometimes, but as, as a West Ham fan, that's kind of the thrill. And when you've got to look you got to look at it and go, oh, you know, we might win the Intertoto Cup this year. You mm. really need that kind of player that's just going to do something different and steal the limelight, and, and he was that. Definitely, definitely. And and that concludes the 11. Mm. That's, that's a very cathartic process, isn't it, doing games? Oh, that? it is. It is. Like, I mean, to be fair, like, uh, I've pretty much since we arranged it, I, I kind of knew yeah. then and there, I was kind of like, i just got to, think it over that because we, we have had some great players down the line and again i think we've got a couple players in the squad now that if they stick around for a few more years they they might uh, usurp some of the uh some of yeah. the other players i've got in there but um maybe yeah but i think i think uh, the, diffi- the difficulty is now is players don't hang around for a long time no so, no exactly, <laughs> so that, exactly. Like, you know if, if you could guarantee me that the rice is going to be at West Ham his whole career. They're like oh. I'm, I'm putting him in. I'm putting him in over Parker at that point. Yeah, but yeah. you know, it's just yeah, and and you know, like, I think Ogbon has been brilliant for us this season yeah, as well. I and uh, but uh, but but yeah, just that 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 iconic cult figure of Christian Daly and uh, the Ginger yeah. Pele, just no nah, brilliant, brilliant guys. So yeah, it, it's it's such a weird, almost like I don't want to say picking your children because maybe <laughs> not, but. But then, again, like as I said, you know, like Tevez, Ashton, you know, Harewood, and, and even you know, even some players that maybe weren't there for that long. You know, Sheringham was forty when he played for us, and yeah. and he could still play. He could still play. But um, but yeah, as I said, I, I think my team was it was largely boiled down to who was your favourite player that ever played there, and I think that was that was really it. Uh, that that was my process to yeah. get there in the end. That's a good chat. That's a good chat, Jay. Anyway, thank you so much, man. It's been no, a lovely chatting to you. Yeah, no, you're welcome, mate. Uh, it's, you know, it's, been, it's been really easy. I've just like literally had not to do any hard. <laughs> <laughs> I've just let him just let you chat. I didn't even have to go for the positions. You went, ah, and into central field. Like, this is brilliant. I can just sit back. <laughs> <and listen. laughs> I think it's just I love turned it. into my podcast host no, mode and was like, no, man. Brilliant. It's very, very good, George. Thank you. And obviously, like, thank you um no thank thank, you no thank you for having me mate um if i know you're super super busy but if there's ever a point where you've got a free put like you know free moment in your schedule you're more than welcome to come on to our podcast go through your 
through, go through your top 10 hammers of all time. So, oh, yes, you know, so yeah, you're not restricted by players you've seen live or positions. If you want 10 forwards, mate, you can have 10 forwards. Sounds so, good. Sounds so good. yeah, Sounds man, if you've ever got a free moment, just, you know, hit us up. We'll, we'll, we'll have you on and we'll get your we'll top do. 10 West Ham players of all time, mate. But no, thank you. It's been, as a, to be on here, you know, like you've had Redknapp and, you know, like, Tony Gal, Cotty, you know, even like YouTubers like Jack Mate and the West Ham fan TV guys, and uh, all these you've got, you just said over like 51 former players. No, man, it's a privilege to be on here, and I'm, I really appreciate you letting me come uh, on. Everyone, it's great, it, man. Appreciate your time, and obviously, um, thanks everyone for listening as well or watching, of course. Oh, mate, yeah, I'm, oh, mate, I'm burning through them, man. I'm burning through them. They're getting me like in the afternoons, I work on my own, like my colleagues go like start earlier and uh, than I do. So, in the afternoons, I've literally just been going through like the like, the playlist of them all basically in the afternoon. So, yeah, yeah really enjoyed it, mate. There for you, man, plenty there for you, yeah, mate. Yeah, great. Stuff. Thank you to everyone who's been listening to this one as well. Who's been listening and watching this one? Thank you. Um, whether you've been watching it on YouTube or whatever podcast, whatever, give it a shout, give it a like, give it a share. And from myself and from George, take care, everyone. Stay safe, wash those hands, come on, you irons, and we'll see you again. Come very on, you irons. Come on, you irons. Take care, everyone. Podcast Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.